Keeping Afloat by Cruise Director Kabir. This is Season 2, Episode 1 of Keeping Afloat. And I'm Kabir, your Cruise Director. I love my job, and now I get to share it with you. I oversee a group of incredibly talented, hardworking people that help me run the entertainment aboard cruise ships. From Broadway or West End style shows, to activities on the pool deck or making announcements with the captain, I'm in charge of showing you a good time aboard cruise ships around the world. Check out my Instagram page, at Cruise Director Kabir, for daily updates. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a share on Instagram as well. Just a quick disclaimer, the views expressed in this show are mine and not that of any brand that I'm associated with. The names of the characters in this story have been changed from their original ones, and certain storylines may have been modified. When we left off at the end of season one, I had just resigned from my first cruise line. As I left the HR director's office, I felt good that I was going home, but the emotional roller coaster had only just left the gate. And with that, let's cast off. The morning after I resigned, I woke up with a massive headache and to the sound of my cabin phone ringing. Apparently, I was holding up the crew transfer bus full of crew waiting to fly home from Athens. Now, last night after going to the HR's office to resign, I had to take my resignation form, not only to Dale Orbit, the cruise director, but to Claire, the assistant cruise director and my manager. I felt horrible, but I just wanted to go home. I was mentally and physically exhausted. When I gave Dale the form, he didn't really say a word as he signed it. Claire kind of teared up a little bit and gave me this massive hug. She looked at me in the eyes and said, are you sure this is what you want to do? I nodded and she signed the form. By this point, I was also in the mood to relax and just decompress. All of the emotion, the stress, the joy, it all just came pouring out of me on that final night. Now, I'd become friends with Devante, Claire's friend, and also a member of the production cast. He came over to my room after I told him I'd resigned, which did not help my packing situation. I had unpacked everything when I arrived, anticipating that I'd be staying for a couple of months, possibly. So getting everything back into my suitcases was going to be a challenge. Needless to say, by midnight, I was half-packed, but mostly tipsy. Devante and I each had three glasses of wine. I sat on my bed, looking at my room, feeling the ship move gently as we sailed toward Athens, my final port with the ship and where I'd be heading home. Not only that, this was actually going to be my final port with the company. As Devante sat next to me, I felt like all of the tension from the last few weeks that had built up released because he decided to kiss me. Fast forward to the morning, I had a massive headache, tons of packing to do, and a time limit, considering I was already late. Frantically, I got it together in under 15 minutes, and to this day, I still don't know how I did it. 
there's something about having all of your bags packed before you leave that just feels good. Knowing that everything you need, the essentials of your life, are with you all at the same time. I hurried off the ship. Luckily, the gangway was on deck three, which was on the deck of my cabin. As I got to the bus, it was packed full of crew members who all gave me a death stare. Now, I pride myself for always being on time at work, but this was just not a normal circumstance. And to be honest, I didn't even think about it when really I probably should have. As I put my suitcases on the luggage rack, I looked up at the ship. At this point, all four ships that I'd worked on had been sisters and almost looked exactly the same on the outside, except for a few minor differences. This was going to be the final time that I'd see these ships, or let alone get to work aboard one, for now at least. The bus turned around and soon enough we were at the port entrance, which was by the way, a five minute drive from where our ship was docked. From there, I was escorted to a taxi driver. Now, what ensued was the most nauseating taxi ride of my life. My hangover was real and the route to the airport was not as straightforward as one might have thought. There were parts that took us off main roads, on the side of cliffs and mountains, along beautiful hillsides, but none of which were helping my hangover. As I sat in the back seat of this cab, I thought back to all of the memories that I'd made over the last two weeks, and in a year and a half prior to that, all the stuff that I'd gone through to sneaking in room service orders from Gajal's cabin because she had a guest cabin, taking shots at the dance classes, the guests that I developed friendships with, and the relationships I'd had, the places I'd seen. I grew in the 18 months that I had been at sea with this company than I had ever before. And it catapulted me out of my post-breakup blues and into a whole new adventure and frankly, a whole different person. Now the question loomed over my head. Did I just make the biggest mistake of my career? Or did I make the best call possible? The answer would come years later. But at the moment, regret was starting to creep up. Have you ever been to cruisedirectorkabir.com? If you haven't yet, make sure to go. You can get exclusive Keeping Afloat merch, from t-shirts and tank tops to sweaters, homeware, tech accessories, and so much more. Just go to cruisedirectorkabir.com slash store, and you can use the coupon code KEEPINGAFLOAT to save 10%. Plus, it's a great way to support the show. The flight I took was directly from Athens to Toronto. Unbelievable that in 11 short hours, I was home on Canadian soil and this whole saga was over. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I have to deal with customs or security, I always get a little bit nervous. Now, it's not like I'm hiding anything, but it's just one of the few moments of my life where I literally get stage fright. So as I get up to the customs counter and put my passport down, the customs agent looks me up and down and says, where are you coming from? I was a little stunned just by the question itself and frankly, having been on a plane for 11 hours. So I just said, 
Well, I work on a cruise ship, and so I started in Fort Lauderdale, and then we did that crossing over to France, and I joined another ship in Greece. The customs agent just ended up cutting me off and said, okay, just go through. Mental note, just give customs as much information as possible. Tell them everything you did, and your situation's over. Especially if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about. Now, getting home was nice. It was just the beginning of summer. And at this point, my younger brother had been starring in a TV series, which was being filmed in downtown Toronto. Since he was 16, he couldn't be left on set alone. So either my mom, my dad, or myself had to take him and then stay there the entire day while he was shooting. And for the whole summer, I stayed with my brother and watched them film his TV show. It gave me a lot of time to just sit around and think. I ended up calling my dear friend Gajal whom I knew from ships and we had met at my previous company. She was pretty valuable in terms of giving me advice. Now, she was working on potentially getting me a cruise director position at another company later in the year. But at this point, that wasn't a guarantee. The nice thing about the world of cruise ships, though, is that you always know someone that can help. In this case, a friend of a friend worked for a marketing company and oversaw the port shopping program. Now, this was a world I had very little experience with. I went through a few online interviews at this marketing company and then began the online training process to become a port shopping guide. My job would be to market the shopping in port to passengers while they're still on the ship. Now, there were a lot of mysteries with this, and it was an element of ships that I really had no idea about. So I thought, might be a good opportunity to gain some experience. The more I knew, the better of a cruise director I could become. There were three major companies that specialized in port shopping and onboard marketing. All three wanted to hire me. However, only one paid for the training period, which was 10 full days. All the other companies, you had to pay for every element of the training. So they were obviously the one that I picked. What I didn't know was how cutthroat the whole thing was going to be. Soon enough, I found myself on a flight to Miami for port shopping guide training. Now, let me backtrack and say that being a port shopping guide, the way that I saw it, was just a port on the cruise to becoming cruise director. Wow, that came out cheesier than I thought. Anyway, the next morning, I walked into this conference room at an office in the heart of Miami, near Lincoln Road, a really nice shopping area in the center of the city. Now, I won't lie, it was bougie. My experience with Miami up until this point had basically only been for a few hours at a time here and there, whenever my ship would be in port turning around. Actually getting to stay in Miami was really nice. There were two people in charge of training us. One was a man named Michael, a six foot tall gentleman with long hair. And about an hour into our first morning in Miami, the door to the conference room swung open and in walked what I thought was a model. Five foot 10 and you can see the muscles through his dress shirt. He had short blonde hair that was a little messy on the top. And this guy comes and sits right next to me. I learned that his name was Gio, and he was actually our other teacher. 
Apparently him and his husband, yes, were porch shopping guides a few years ago and ended up becoming two of the best shopping guides in the business. It was a nice little distraction from what we were actually talking about, but we ended up getting yelled at and were forced to pay attention again by Michael. The training took us from being in Miami for a few days to sailing on an actual cruise. Now, usually when you're cruising for business, which is kind of an oxymoron, but you know what I mean. When you're cruising for business and you're part of a cruise line, generally the cruise line just blocks off a set of rooms in either a crew area or a guest area, depending on availability. In this case, we were sailing on a full fare passenger ticket, as though this company went out and bought us all a cruise. It was bizarre, but also nice to know that they were kind of investing in you. It was the first reminder that I was no longer a direct employee of the cruise line itself. Instead, I worked for a separate marketing company that oversaw the marketing of the port shopping program on behalf of the cruise line. That was a lot to wrap my head around and took a bit of processing. We boarded the ship in Fort Lauderdale with our entire group. In total, it was about 10 of us, all different people from different walks of life, different countries, cultural backgrounds, professional backgrounds, and the ship that we were sailing on was beautiful. It was big and I'd actually sailed on it before. Now let's talk a bit about Michael, who was the guy that was training us and one of the senior port shopping guides. Unfortunately, Gio couldn't make it on the cruise, which was unfortunate. Now, Michael was cutthroat, very what you see is what you get. And he had been a port shopping guide for over a decade and now works in the office. Michael also had a very distinct walk. He had very long legs, so he didn't have to take as many steps, but his strides were huge. So the second we stepped foot onto that ship, he strode his way to the theater because it was time for the port shopping show. For some reason that I just couldn't understand, this port shopping show took place at 2 p.m. on embarkation day in the theater. Walking into the theater, it was beautiful. It was three decks tall and ornately decorated, but still a far cry design-wise from my previous cruise line's sleek modern designs. Interestingly though, the theater was empty, which was a little bit concerning considering this port shopping show started in just a few minutes. Maybe there were about 10 people in the audience, including us, which was basically only us. It was interesting seeing what I would be expected to do, highlighting different brands of watches, jewelry, clothing. I remembered these shows from when I cruised, and I was a little bit disheartened. Now, I'm not trying to be offensive or say anything that might be rude, but I was worried that I was about to become the people that I avoided on a cruise at all costs. The salesperson selling things that were either a ripoff or that nobody really paid attention to. And sitting in that 2000 seat theater, as the port shopping guide went on and on for an hour to an audience of 10, really drove that point home. Introducing Dance Class Plus, my signature dance class, transported straight from the Lido deck to cruisedirectorkabir.com. There's a new live class every single week. Plus, if you're a member, you get access to all of the previous classes and exclusive bodyweight workouts. Sign up and start your seven-day trial today. And then it's just $15 Canadian a month. It's a great way to have fun and stay healthy.
As soon as the show was over, I managed to sneak away from the group. I always found turnaround days were filled with magic. All of the guests were excited to get their holiday started, people were getting their first drinks, exploring their new massive home away from home. And the sail away party was well underway on the ship's top deck by the time I got there. Funny enough, the cruise director was actually a cruise director I had a few years ago, but on a different ship. In fact, I remember I had sent him a note because I wanted to sit down with him and ask him questions about working on a ship. And he did. He sat down with me as the show was going on and showed me basically how to take off a show. Something that's so relatively simple to me now, but back then, it was a little bit mesmerizing. Years later, here I was doing just that, working on a ship. Now from the second I said hello to him, he remembered me. And the world of ships is so incredible. Another reminder of how small the industry really is. That evening, I also went to the Welcome Aboard show. And that is where the trouble started. The show was a ton of fun. And during the parts where the cast were on stage, there was one dancer in particular that kept looking over at my direction. And I thought it was a little bit weird. After the show, I followed the crowd to the atrium bar to grab a drink. And apparently that's where the after party goes. So the cast ended up going on stage again but this time in the atrium. Between performances, they had to go into the crowd and pull people up to dance with. And so that is how I met Chase. Chase was five foot eight, slim, but definitely well-built. He had blue eyes and brown hair, and he was British. After our dance to the Crocodile Rock, he asked, so do you work here or are you just cruising? I'm sorry about the accents, but you got to differentiate the characters, you know? It was really sweet because he kind of looked down at the ladder. I told him, I'm actually going to be a port shopping guide. I'm just here with the company. His eyes lit up. Oh, that's fantastic. So hopefully I'll see you on a ship. I looked at his name tag and he could clearly tell what I was doing. My last name is Herald, Chase Herald. Add me on Facebook right now. It was nice because everything seemed to quiet as we were talking. And as Chase walked away, I could suddenly hear the crowd again that I forgot was even there. And that was something I could look forward to. Every morning, our little port shopping group would usually meet in a secluded corner of one of the ship's less used lounges for a full day of instruction. We were given this binder of information that we needed to learn, which was basically the script for the show that we were expected to perform in the coming weeks. I tried my best to shed all the negative thoughts that I had from the previous day, because this was a new beginning, and it meant that I had to be ready and open for whatever came my way. In the end, this was a stepping stone to the role that I so desperately wanted. During our training that morning, we discussed ways to identify guests that might want to make a big purchase. Michael, the bizarre character that was, quote, teaching us, unquote, said to check the guests' wrists and see how they're dressed. Sometimes ethnicity has something to do with it. Nobody really looked up as he said this, which was weird because I felt like that was a bit offensive. So I piped up and said, hi, look, I don't think that those factors are always accurate. Firstly, P 
people who are going to spend won't always wear nice clothes, and ethnicity should not be a factor. Cruise ships attract an international clientele, so you can't base ethnicity as to if a purchase is going to happen or not. Based on his response, Michael was not happy about that. Why don't you spend 10 years at sea and then you can talk, okay? Was his response. Luckily, I had something to look forward to. The previous night, I had messaged Chase on Facebook, asking if we could meet for a coffee. Luckily, I was free by 2 o'clock, and so was Chase, so we headed up to the coffee bar on deck 5 to meet. He actually dressed up a little bit too, and as we got to chatting, one thing became clear. We were definitely into each other, but I was on the guest manifest, and Chase was on the crew manifest, so we couldn't do anything other than look at each other without potentially ruining both of our careers. By the afternoon, I was completely free, and all I wanted to do was head to the Lido deck to check out what poolside entertainment was going on. I found myself trying to relearn what another cruise line was like, having been so used to my other company. Since I'd sailed with the current cruise line so much, I felt a little bit at home, which was a saving grace at this point. The current cruise line I was on was far more affordable, and that also meant more relatable. At my last cruise line, the clientele just was a little bit older, and so they couldn't do things that they wanted to do on this cruise line. For example, the belly flop competition, or the love and marriage show. At my previous cruise line, the issue was finding the young couple, but finding a couple married for less than 20 years was unbelievably rare. We did one show with couples that were married for 25 years, 40 years, and 60 years. In contrast, at this cruise line, the cruise director had a problem trying to find a couple that had been married for longer than 10 years. But hey, every cruise line has its benefits, and to be honest with you, the show was just as fun as it was on my last cruise line. But this pleasure cruise was about to come to an end. I was about to be face-to-face with the CEO of my company's biggest client. The ending of a cruise is always sad, even if this was a work trip. What was cute was that Chase actually woke up to say goodbye to me at the gangway, which was a nice touch considering we couldn't actually do anything. Our group packed up and headed straight to the airport for our flight to New York City. Michael, the guy that was training us, was flying in the following morning, so we were on our own. It kind of felt like a school trip, but without the teacher. We get on the flight, we land at LaGuardia around midnight, and then we all find out there are no cabs around. So I went back into the airport and figured out how to get a shuttle service to Manhattan. I went around, bought all 10 of the tickets for our group, and then ended up arranging for the bus to drop us off as close to the hotel as possible. And the closest that I could possibly get it was within eight blocks of our hotel. Eight blocks with suitcases and wearing business casual outfits in the summer was a little bit of an ordeal. I also did not share to the group that the shuttle was dropping us off so far away, so we did get some angry looks because of the walk, but in the end we got there. Now came the most interesting part of the trip. A visit to the CEO of the Diamond Company that also happened to be our company's biggest client. 
I ended up in the Diamond District, where we first met up with Michael. Now let me just describe what Michael looks like, because I don't think I have in a detailed way. Michael has very long hair, and he's, he's not the fittest looking guy, but he's about six feet tall. His hair goes down to his shoulders, but he's also partly bald. Now, the first time that I met him, I, I won't lie, I just, I thought he was, I thought he was gay. He was a very sassy gay guy. And then he started talking about his wife. Now, it just shows you, you should never assume. But at the same time, I always thought he was just such an interesting character. And it was really cool to be in New York City with him because it was just an interesting character in an interesting city. We spent the day learning about gemstones and specifically about diamonds before we headed to the diamond company's head office. The CEO had told Michael that he wanted one-on-ones with every single one of us, which is a little bit nerve-wracking. Also odd, because I worked for the marketing company on behalf of the cruise line, not for this diamond client. But in the end, business is business, and who knows what agreement they had in the back. I was the second one to go in to meet the CEO. As I walked into this 52nd floor office, I noticed how vast it was compared to the crowded streets below it. This felt like an oasis. The shelves and tables were covered with papers and just things. On the other end of the room sat a man in an unreasonably large chair. As I approached his desk, I noticed there was a brass lion on it. And the desk itself was like those old wooden desks from like the 1940s and 50s. As I went to sit down, I noticed a giant diamond-shaped paperweight. The CEO looked me up and down and asked me to sit. So, you're Canadian? Where are you really from? I just kind of blinked and answered, Toronto, I was born there. He gestured with his hand dismissively as though he was tossing something aside. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where are you actually from? I determined at this point that I already was not a big fan of this person. My parents are of Indian descent, but they... He cut me off. Oh, Indians! They're great sellers. Are you going to sell lots of diamonds to your guests? I took a second to think about my answer, still trying to be polite. Yes, of course, it's my job to market your products to the ship's passengers, and I'm going to give it 100%. The CEO picked up the paperweight from his desk and started polishing it. Still focused on the paperweight, he said, You've got to be hungry for it, and I don't hear that hunger in your voice. You need to want that money. Now, I didn't know what to do, as I wasn't generally the type of person to talk like that. So I just said, Of course, I want to make sure we maximize sales and keep promoting your products. He looked at me and nodded and just said, Okay, you can go. Send in the next person. And that was that. After the CEO met with all 10 of us, we headed down to the lobby of this Park Avenue skyscraper, eager to get to the airport to catch our flights home. Because at this point, it had been a long training session and everybody wanted to get back to their lives. As I was about to say goodbye to the group, Michael pulled me aside. Kabir, look... I think you're going to be great, but the CEO does not like you at all. I, I mean, I could tell that I wasn't his favorite, but it was still upsetting to hear this. 
all I could do in the end was to do a good job. And at this point, I didn't even know what ship I was headed to or if I was going to be in Alaska, the Caribbean. There were just so many details that I just didn't know. My first thought was just to say, look, I'm going to give this whole thing 100% regardless of what he thinks. Michael seemed really appreciative of that. In the end, the clarity would come because I wouldn't be home for long. Introducing Dance Class Plus. My signature dance class, transported straight from the Lido deck to cruisedirectorkabir.com. There's a new live class every single week. Plus, if you're a member, you get access to all of the previous classes and exclusive bodyweight workouts. Sign up and start your seven-day trial today. And then, it's just $15 Canadian a month. It's a great way to have fun and stay healthy. I had never heard of Jacksonville, Florida. In fact, I didn't even know ships could go there. Jacksonville is actually the most populous city in Florida, with almost a million residents. And it's also the largest city by land in the United States. Larger cruise ships usually don't go there, hence why I didn't know about it, mostly because of the clearance needed to get under the Dames Point Bridge. And my ship was one of the only ships to be based there. Like everything related to working on a cruise ship, I had 24 hours notice before I had to fly to Jacksonville to join the ship. Which, to be honest, I kind of like because it keeps me on my toes. On my way to the ship, Gio, the hot guy that was one of the senior port shopping guides of my company, called to say that the previous port shopping guide for my ship had actually left a few days before. This meant that I had no handover. The good news, I was the head of my own department. The bad news, I had no clue what I was doing, and apparently neither did anybody else. The company put me up in a hotel the night before I had to join the ship, which helped keep the pressure off. And by 9am the following morning, I was standing in front of my brand new ship. And by brand new, I mean brand new to me, because this was the oldest and smallest ship that I'd ever worked on to date, having been built in the mid-1990s. I waited for two hours to get on board, and once I finally did, I was shown to my room, a small inside cabin directly at the front of deck four. The location was actually really nice, and the cabin was great too. In the end, it was my own space, and I was entitled to it. No worrying about moving cabins or being afraid of getting a roommate. And in fact, my roommate days were over at this point. The cabin itself was nice, a large bed and a fold-down bed from the wall. And in addition to all of that, there were piles and piles of shopping maps, papers and flyers from various brands, all neatly organized and rubber-banded around the room. Each and every cruise... I'd have to sit there and stuff each shopping map with the required flyers. Despite it being my first day, I was still expected to work in just a couple of hours after getting on board. I had to complete safety training, attend the guest assembly drill, sit at my desk for an hour, and then attend the welcome aboard show. I felt like a fish out of water, or rather, just indifferent water. If I was on a different ship at my old company, chances are I'd have met someone that I knew. But here, it was just me.
That evening, I headed down to the theater for the Welcome Aboard show. One of the production team actually noticed me walking in, which was really nice, and said that the cruise director wanted to speak to me. So I was taken through the theater and past a door that actually led to the open deck, then around the perimeter of the theater, and came to this doorway just outside of, I guess, what was backstage. Just outside of the doors, there was a tall, slim man with blonde hair standing by the door and smoking. Oh, hi. You must be the new shopping guide. I'm Carter, the cruise director. His voice was very raspy, which caught me off guard as I shook his hand. I just said, look, I'm new to this, so I'm going to need a little bit of help. Carter looked me up and down and said, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Feel free to go backstage and see where all of your stuff for the shopping show is. I gave him a nod and said thank you and walked into backstage. As the door closed behind me, I realized I was in an area only lit by a single black light. This was likely to reduce glare if the doors were opened and the curtains were up. Now the backstage area of this particular ship was tight, extremely tight. And coming from a ship whose theater spanned three decks tall, this felt really claustrophobic. The stage wings were even lower, enough that if I didn't bend, I would hit my head on the ceiling. Out of the corner of my eye, I could spot a pile of shopping show stuff, which I knew I had to just organize at some point. Just as I walked toward it, I was tapped on the back. As I turned around, I saw four members of the cast all kind of looking at me and waving. Three girls in black and red skin-tight costumes, and one male dancer in a skin-tight red, white, and blue American flag. Hi, I'm Colt, he said, as the girls just sort of stared, I think. Hi, I'm Kabir. I know, I know. We searched you before you got here which was kind of sweet and creepy at the same time, and frankly something that I was guilty of whenever I found out a new person was coming. Just then, Carter, the cruise director, walked up to us and said, Hello, you guys need to be in position. And you, as he gestured to me, It's showtime. You can't be backstage. Go find a seat. He kind of sashayed away from me before I could even respond. That night before I went to sleep, I checked my emails through my laptop, and this was probably the first time these emails had been checked in a week. 220 emails were unread, and I know that number because I decided not to sleep until I had read through every single one. Some of them were really serious, like the one from the hotel director, Fabian. Hello, Josh, who's the name of the old shopping guide. Upon inspection of your lockers, Two of them are not up to fire code. You have far too many items, of which some are above the sprinkler line. Fix it immediately, or get your replacement to do it. I will inspect on C day one at 9 o'clock a.m. This was in eight hours from the time that I read the email. Just as I went to reply, another email came through, and this time it was from Carter, the cruise director. Hi, all. Please note that unauthorized personnel are not to loiter backstage. Failure to comply will result in a warning. The email seemed general enough until I saw that I was in the CC field, with just a general distribution list being in the 2 field. 
a little bit underhanded. I watched the entire Welcome Aboard show. When I saw Carter on stage, all I could think was, wow, I want that to be me. But that all depended on how this whole thing went, and failure was not an option. Looking back at it now, I actually had no clue what I was in for, and the largest issue that I could already see was that I didn't work for the cruise line directly. I was classified as a concession, and therefore I fell into an interesting category. I had to follow onboard procedures set out by the captain and hotel director and the cruise line while still complying with my own company's head office policies, plus whatever our clients were asking us to do. Finding a balance would be impossible, but not as impossible as Carter was about to make my first cruise. We'll pick up on some of that drama that unfolds in our next episode. Now here's a fantastic conversation with Sherry from Cruise Tips TV, where we talk about the industry, funny stories, and so much more. Check out the interview. I'm here with Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Sherry, welcome to the show. Hey, Kabir. Thanks so much for having me. This is long overdue. <laughs> it definitely is because we're Instagram friends. Now we're on a FaceTime call recording this live for you um, to my amazing listeners. And we're in season two of Keeping Afloat. I can't believe that like 24 episodes later, we're here. <laughs> Crazy. I know it's so exciting. And I'm definitely one of your biggest fans. I, um, I, I, I kind of scroll through my iTunes podcast feed all the time. And I'm like, okay, when is the next installment of Kabir's show going to come on? Because it is so wonderful. It is such a great escape. So I just want to thank you for creating such a wonderful storytelling experience for all of us. Well, thank you for being a fellowship geek and tuning in. <laughs> okay, so look, we've got uh, a couple of things that we were going to cover uh, in terms of our interview today. But Sherry, real quick, tell me about CruiseTipsTV.com just really briefly. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we got started back in 2013. We created some basic tip segments for people on YouTube all about cruising. They were really awkward and really terrible. We didn't know what we were doing. I don't have a broadcast background. We had uh, been in the wedding videography business for a few years. And so we thought, oh, okay, well, you know, we can maybe we can get behind the camera and share our love for cruising. And here we are seven years later, and we're still creating tip episodes for people to help them to make the very, very best of their cruise experience. We have an academy for new cruisers that people can sign up for to learn all about cruising, kind of the, you know, the soup to nuts of how to successfully have a great cruise and to save money. And um, when we go on cruises, we take our subscribers along with us and we create travel films. So that's the nutshell version of it. I love that. Okay, Sherry, when's the last cruise that you took? Oh, it's been so long, Kabir. I feel like I'm going to just die of cruise starvation. It was Royal Princess, November 2019. It was glorious. We did a Mexican Riviera cruise. That ship is just absolutely stunning. So we're, we're missing we're missing travel a lot. We did a, um, a resort vacation after that. We went to Cabo San Lucas and stayed at a great resort in February. So thank heavens we had that experience because that's when the lockdown happened. Wow, right right on the edge there, eh? Right on the edge. Wow. Yeah, we actually were, um, we were in Cabo San Lucas when everything was going down with Diamond Princess in Yokohama, Japan. And we were actually booked on that ship 
in April. And so we were going to return to experience Diamond Princess again, which is one of our absolute favorite experiences and ships of all time. And we got the news in February that they were going to be canceling that. So we knew things were kind of going the wrong direction at that point. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. You were like ready to go and everything. So, okay. Backtrack a little bit. Royal Princess. So I obviously used to work for uh, one of their competitors and in the past I did work for Celebrity, but I wanted to know. So Royal Princess competes directly with the Solstice class. They were like head to head. How did you like Royal Princess? I absolutely loved it. So Princess is a really consistent product that we love. We've been on, I want to say, 11 or 12 Princess cruises, and we really like the classy product. We like the consistent food. Royal is a little bit more of a modern ship, more technological advances. It is medallion class enabled, which is so great. You've got the, you, you carry the medallion with you wherever you go. It opens your stateroom door. You use it as a stateroom card. And I know that, you know, some of the princess cruisers find that they don't want more technology, but I think once they try it, they're like, wait a minute, this isn't more, this is less. I don't have to carry my smartphone around. This is just a way for me to be a little more hands-free on my cruise. So we just, that ship is just absolutely stunning. Now I will say I do like the older grand class princess ships a lot. I love the covered pools. I love the way the guests are distributed. I love the lack of technology. I just love those ships. But Royal is just, she's a beauty. Okay, so that's actually really interesting you say that. So P&O Australia is set to acquire Grand and Star. They're going to become Pacific Adventure and Pacific Encounter. First of all, look, P&O Australia, I love you. Pacific Encounter? That sounds like a Tinder date. Oh, I'm just going to have an encounter. <laughs> Expedition cruise line. So <laughs> no, to me, nope. it's like an encounter with penguins. No, you mean like another kind of encounter. I, I mean, you. like, I'm going to go hook up on Pacific yeah. Encounter with, yeah. I'm going to have an encounter on Encounter. Like, oh. I don't know. I, I thought the name was Good questionable, point. but you know what? A ship is a ship, and I'll love it just as much as I love the others. But uh, what do you think? Like, I don't think the Grand Class is near old enough to be retired or removed from the fleet. The idea that they're leaving is surprising to me. Yeah, it's a little bit surprising. I mean, they're sort of keeping it in the family yeah, in a way. So to me, it's kind of more like ship shifting. But and I'm glad there are still other grand class ships for us to enjoy because I really think that they have great hardware and great software and their ships that I will miss. Star is a wonderful, wonderful ship. And grand is as well. And they do Alaska so beautifully, Hawaii, Mexico. So they'll be missed. They've got the window space. That's their biggest thing. They have really good observation areas. And that that nightclub, you know, there was debate at Piano Australia. Yeah. What are we going to turn Skywalker's nightclub into? What are we going to do with it? They threw they threw around, oh, it's going to be the kids center. Oh, it's going to be a suite. It's going to be, I was like, but then I didn't know this. The reason they ended up taking him down was Grand Princess. She was made of steel as opposed to aluminum. And her mm -hmm. aft actually was constantly sagging lower than her forward end because of the weight distribution it was like a constant issue yeah poor little girl right i, I look at the I ship i didn't know that that's a fascinating fact i had no idea yeah she always had a bit she always had stability issues after that and so that's why you know they built a few of her sisters with the the shopping cart handle and then they ended up moving it yeah. forward shopping cart handle that's so funny 
Yeah. I love those Skywalker's lounges. They're so dramatic. And I, and I love that they did keep them for the general public. Um, there's nothing like going up there on Alaska glacier viewing days and being able to see the glacier from all sides in that, you know, that like, it's like a windshield. It's so great. Yeah. It's like a windshield. And the Solstice class with Celebrity does it well too with the Sky Lounge. So yeah. that's absolutely brilliant. So, okay, Sherry, I'm going to be honest with you. I posted something on Reddit a few days ago and I asked people on Reddit, I said, what are some of the craziest stories you've ever heard from crew now in case you want to see the post you can just go to reddit just go onto the cruise community and uh you'll definitely see me in there because i love posting on that that community can i read you one of the stories please oh boy yeah read it to me read me the, your best one okay this is one of the best stories that a user had had gotten so here we go we were on a royal caribbean ship the week after a quote lifestyle clothing optional end quote theme cruise. We got into several conversations with different workers about the details of what was allowed and what was normal. Clothes were required in the dining room, not in many other places. We thought the clothing optional cruise was interesting until a crew member explained what true lifestyle cruising is. It is for swingers. Some of the rules include that you have to bring your partner with you on the ship. No solo cruisers. The kids' playrooms are converted into adult playrooms for the week and mattresses cover the floors. You have to be invited to join someone on a mattress. You can't just join in on any activity on that mattress. Well, I mean, that's just mattress consent. Common sense, people. Um, <clears throat> when we asked our waiter how it worked at dinner time, he said that everything usually came together on the first night normally whomever you boarded the ship with would join you at the table every night after that it was someone new i'm not sure how much exaggeration there was but i don't think much google lifestyle or swingers cruises and there are some interesting posts out there now, now look okay so th it says that they were on royal caribbean i can't verify any of this information so just like to point out this is someone's anecdotal story and uh it's just started pouring rain here in case you hear that in the background. Oh but. my goodness, it's 106 <laughs> where I live, so I'm like, please bring me the rain. I was just sitting here trying to make everything so quiet for the show, and I was like, ah, oh, well, the rain's going to be the rain. So anyway, yeah. the story, though, I find it hard to believe wow. that mattresses line the kids' club. I do, too. That seems a little bit, that seems a little crazy to me, but I, I don't want, and I don't want that image now. I really don't. No, and, and nor do I, but, have, okay, have you ever heard about the story of when Disney Wonder docked next to it was I think it was an Atlantis cruise which are, it's a gay cruise right did uh -huh. you hear about the story no okay well look I oh, mean oh no did they have to like block off their windows where there are bad things happening next door <laughs> well I mean I think people were getting off the ship wearing some very interesting outfits um, oh my word yes which okay to be honest look the gays we're not this bad okay we're not we're not <laughs> we're usually pretty good but uh, who knows what was going on? And Lance just cruises anything goes. You've seen the, the videos from Oasis of the Seas when she was chartered. But um, yeah. Okay, crazy. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, and those are technically theme cruises too. So when you go on any kind of a theme cruise, you're going to do it up. If you're going on a cat cruise, you're going to wear all your cat outfits. If you're going on a country cruise, you're going to wear cowboy boots. So, I mean, they're, you know, it's just a theme thing. It's a theme thing. I think, you know what, yeah. to each their own, but uh, right. interesting hearing about it, you know, yeah. from the so, other side. And back to, whoa, totally. And back to the, okay, the, the crew on this Royal Caribbean quote unquote lifestyle cruise, you have, I mean, you have to imagine the crew was probably coached on their, that they have to behave a certain way towards 
the guests, right? Like, they, you can't react. They couldn't react. So I'm sure that they were, like, afterwards dying to to confidentially share some of what they had witnessed. Oh, yeah. I'm sure right? they were because, you know what, they can't go to the media. There, there are all these things in the contracts about, you know, you can't go talk to the media about this. It's privacy. Yeah. However, look, when you get close to certain crew members, they start telling you things. Right? Yeah. They start getting honest about things and yeah. tell you about their families. Can you tell me what, do you remember any crazy crew stories that you heard or, or anything? I don't have a whole lot of crazy crew stories. I have a few funny ones. I think the one that I thought was the most funny that, that always just makes me chuckle is when I was um, talking, I was getting to know a cruise director one time and she was telling me some of the silly things that the, the guests will ask, you know, um, like if the elevators go from the front to the back of the ship and all that stuff. But then she said that the, the one that she really had to like try not to laugh when someone asked her was when someone asked her to turn off the wave pool mm. when it was like a rocky day. And so of course, the you know, the water just sloshes about and, and, also, on this particular cruise line, they are trained not to say the word no. So when someone asks you a question, you're not permitted to say, no, ma'am, I can't turn off the wave pool. So she proceeded to tell me, she's like, I had to think of how to tell this person that I couldn't turn off the wave pool without using the word no. And it was really, it was funny. Oh my gosh. You know what? I can't say that any of my cruise lines have ever said that. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I can't say that. I mean, I'm one for the, have you heard of the Disney point? The full, the full hand point? Yeah, you're not allowed to point with one finger. You can be fired. It's very offensive. I learned that on TikTok, Kabir. Yeah. Oh, really? Apparently, 40-year-old ladies can give TikTok a try as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm not even on TikTok, Sherry. I'm not even on there yet. Oh, we got to get you on there. I'm going to have to. It's horrible. Don't do it. You're, I mean, but if it is like, it's a weird curiosity thing. It's like you get, you go down rabbit holes. Once you get over there, you're like, oh, I'm going to look at my friend's pretty cruise ship picture. And the next thing you know, you're looking at like um, housewives twerking and all kinds of things. And it's just wrong. It's yeah. Just wrong. The best is when you click on a hashtag and oh, see where it takes you. I don't want to. Nope. Yeah, nope. it's like YouTube rabbit holes. But look, there are so many of these hilarious stories that people have about the crew that I I love speaking to crew. Obviously, like when I go on a cruise, usually somebody will recognize who I am or like I've I've used an employee discount to get on board. So I'm flagged already. But uh-huh. um, can you tell me what is one of the crew members that you remember from back in the day that really made a difference to your cruise? You know, um, I have a very fond memory of a um a child care staff worker her name is bailey and if you go to our instagram channel i did an ig live with bailey she actually lives in canada as well and she's home right now and we talked all about her experience of getting home to canada so bailey is such a sweetheart she's just this beautiful soul And my son, when we were cruising on the Panama Canal in Princess, he was really young and he was very shy and he never wanted to go to the kids centers. And so we would stop by there and try to like test the waters a little bit. And Bailey was just so sweet to my son. She never like overly encouraged him to stay, but she's like, hey, you know, we have this activity and that activity and we don't bite. And he never went to the kids center, but we would see her all around the ship. The entire week we took photos with her and he would be like, hi, Bailey. 
And we just kind of stayed in touch over the years. And she's just, it's just an example. I mean, there's so many from room stewards to dining staff to cruise directors that we've met. There's so many incredibly wonderful people. But that one really stands out to me because she made an effort with my child and she didn't have to do that. It was just so sweet. You know what? That's really good to know because my driving force with the youth team has always been that if you have happy kids, you have happy parents. But those wow. kids, the memories that the kids have of that cruise are mm-hmm. going to ingrain in a much different way than the parents because I was those kids. I was, yeah. you know, five, six, seven years old. Funny enough, I actually found my name tag from when I was in Camp Carnival. This was on Carnival Triumph in like 2002. It says, Whoa. you know, Kabir cabin, like, I was on deck two. I had an ocean view cabin, two, one, five, six. Right. Yeah. And it says Kabir from Toronto. Like so cute. It's sitting there in my basement somewhere. Um, and you were little, you were little. At that Sherry, time. I remember the ship. I remember the kids club. Yeah. I remember the kids that I met. I remember crying when I got off of the ship. I remember, yeah. you know, the whole, I still cry when I get off the ship, you know, yeah. so nothing's yeah. really changed there. But um, I know. So you still cry when you get off the ship, but I have to ask you, Kabir. I mean, being a cruise director, for those of us who listen to your podcast or just kind of get to know cruise directors, we know that it is an incredible amount of work. You work seven days a week. You're away from your family for so long. Like, what is the true, like, lifespan of a cruise director? Can you do this forever? Do you burn out? I mean, not to put you on the spot, but I really want to hear your feedback. I love that you asked me this because I don't think anybody's quite put it that way with me before. Um, what is the burnout? The burnout is high, very, mm. very high because you have to remember the, first of all, the more genuine you are to people, the more that you can connect with them. And I think a lot of people that work on ships, the best ones are the ones that are genuine. They're the ones, the waiters that are always singing and dancing. Those are the ones that act like that behind the scenes too. Um, my I've been at sea for five years. I've been cruise director for just over three. And as much as I love every second, it is exhausting. I would say five years is a great duration to be at sea. Oh, wow. Okay. Five years. But you have to remember, though, it, there are people that ascend. I would say the average time for what I call them career cruisers, the average time for people that are on ships, usually they'll get into it when they're about 20, 21. And a lot of the time you see people start flickering in and out of it and kind of having one foot out the door by the time they're 28, 29. I would say 10 years is a good yeah. amount of time. But then you get into lifers. Like I have a, a really, really dear friend of mine. She's been at sea for 25 years. In fact, I worked, I met her when I was working for my first cruise line. Mm-hmm. She opened, I think, Celebrity Galaxy. And then she also opened Morella Explorer, which is the same wow. ship. So she has seen oh that God, ship. Cool. She's seen That's that cool. ship through two lives, right? So how incredible is that, that your career is now longer than the life of that ship that you started on? You, you saw it born into its second version of itself. So really, really wow. interesting. Yeah, the is burnout is high. Is she married to beer or no? Uh, uh n- yeah. N- Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, got it. In one okay. form of another. She is married. Okay. Um, she's in a relationship. We'll put it that way. Got it. But okay. uh, you know, look, that's a challenge, and that's not right. something I like missing. I don't like being away. Yeah. I really don't. I don't like uh not being able to see my family. 
And yeah. another big thing is I don't like uh, not being able to be in a relationship. Those are re- three really, really difficult things about being on a ship. And they're yeah. very real. And you kind of have to constantly reassess every every time this doubt comes up, is this worth it? Do I still love it? And if your answer is yes, I still love what I do, then by all means, continue doing it. But when that day comes that you can't quite answer that question as quickly or you can't answer it at all, that's when you know maybe there are some changes that you have to make. And that does happen. Yeah, time. it can be time for some people to retire or take a break. And I mean, those those are the biggest you know, those are the biggest drivers in life, being near your family, your loved ones. And, and also, I think just the physical nature of the work, too, especially what you do, too, you're on all the time. And like you said, that genuine energy that you project to people, and of course, it's motivating, and it comes back to you. But it also, I'm sure can be very draining. It can be draining. But that depends on the cruise line, like different cruise lines expect different things from cruise directors. And I think the cruise lines that are First of all, the biggest thing is the cruise lines that are that allow the most amount of creativity. You'll see those cruise directors there for a long time. And, um, you know, so the, the names you can think of, like, actually, funny enough, I, he always ends up in conversation. Josh, a.k.a. Big Sexy, the cruise director that I actually cruised with on Carnival Glory back oh my in God. 2012. Him and I stayed friends on this post I put up on Reddit he someone actually said oh i'm i'm friends with josh and he told me the story do you want to hear the story actually yeah let's let's go he said a cruise director on carnival aka big sexy josh now he's a carnival travel agent told a story about a dj that got drunk and got on the ship's intercom at 3 a.m and announced an abandoned ship order to everyone pandemonium ensued and now they limit who has access to that system this one is plausible as there's an intercom in the cruise director's office where they make those announcements LOL, there's no brig, so chances are he was confined to his quarters with a possible entry security guard. Okay, I mean, can you imagine the lawsuits that could have resulted from that, from people being woken up out of their beds? Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even want to know. No, but you know what's interesting? The PA system on most ships is, is, has always been heavily guarded, but there are cruise lines where the mm-hmm. public address system is in the cruise director's cabin. And that also oh, leads to issues. Gosh. Yeah, that oh also leads gosh. to issues. Yeah, yeah so I, 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 I had that. Look, I was, I was cruise director on a ship that had that, and I'll never forget. So the way the, that the public address system works, and look, this is just this specific public address system, everyone. This is, don't go finding public address systems and try to activate them. Please don't do this. Um, but in my cabin, so the way you had to do it was you had to select the zones, and then you hit the little button, and then you hear the bing bong, and then you start talking, right? Well, I had a few people in my cabin, six, seven people. It was a good evening. We were just hanging out before we were going to go to the show. And I sat down on my desk and I could just hear very faintly, bing bong, like over the music. And then I turned over and I could see that the microphone light was activated. It was green. So of course I stood up and then I hear the little bing that the announcement's over. And thank goodness, Sherry, there was checks and balances. You, I didn't select any zones. There were no zones oh. pre-selected. So it was an announcement to myself in my own cabin. However, oh if that happened and the, and the, the cruise director tone is different than the tone from guest relations or from the bridge. So oh. you would know. Yeah, it's different oh. on that ship. So that could have been that could have ended very badly if someone would have leaned on a zone button. Yeah. After that, I never from that moment and that was early on in my career, never had people in my cabin again, ever. Oh, oh, it scared you that badly. Yep. Never. 
because there's oh, just no. too many things that can happen. So yeah. yeah, absolutely not. I was like, nope. Okay. Kabir's not hosting anybody over anymore. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's traumatic. <laughs> um, yes, yes, <laughs> it, it was. But you know what? As I, as I hope the essence of this season and of the show carries on, I always say it's all in the name of fun. And it's all in the name of enjoyment. But look, this was nice and short and sweet, but I'd love to have you on again soon if you're around. I would love it. Just don't be surprised if um, when the travel ban is lifted between the U.S. and Canada that I like show up in your driveway for a Bollywood class in between, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Oh my gosh. Thursdays. We had to change. We had to change the time. Eh? It used to be at seven o'clock. We had to move it to yeah. 630 because we're chasing the sunlight at this point. Yeah, you got to do it. And then I, I have one request on the Bollywood class. Yeah. Would you like at some point will you turn around and face us? Uh, okay. I'm like, I mean, I'm seeing Kabir's tush here and I'm watching all your friends dance. But sometimes I'm like, would you turn around so I can see your face? You know, I what's know, funny? So I, I work. I work hard on that tush, so I'm glad it got some viewing. But uh, nobody else is looking at it, so that's great. But you know what, Sherry? I promise, yes, I will do that okay, for you. Good. No worries. Around. I love it. You have to do that. But I can understand. You're dancing for the people in your driveway. It's, you know, it's not all about me. It's not all about us. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we, it should be it should be spread evenly. But anyway, so, OK, look, half, uh, ladies, half, half, half. I love that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. But make sure to check out all of Sherry's information. It's going to be in the show notes. Sherry, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Kabir. Thank you so much for listening to Keeping Afloat. Next episode, I face Carter and the hotel director head on and clean up the messes that were made before I even arrived on board. I was in for quite the journey. That and so much more in our next episode. Until then, it's all about keeping afloat. I'm Kabir. Thanks for listening. <laughs>